we're back with um, chapter 17 of 1st Samuel, Caroline here, and we go straight to the chapter. So now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Soko in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Soko and Ezekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. Six cubits and a span is about nine feet, nine inches, about three meters. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels, as about 125 pounds. He, on his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. 58 kilograms um okay that's 6.9 kilograms and uh 125 pounds is about 58 kilograms and what was 125 pounds okay yeah so his armor was about 58 kilograms so that's his armor and the point of his bronze javelin was 6.9 kilograms thereabout his shield bearer went ahead of him Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel why do you come out and line up for battle am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul choose a man and have him come down to me and have him come down to me if he is able to fight and kill me we will become your subjects but if I overcome him and kill him you will become our subjects and serve us then the Philistines said this day I defy the armies then the Philistines said this day I defy the armies of Israel give me a man and let us fight each other on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem of Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the wall. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shema. Shema. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For, four, for 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and every and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, take the ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit 
see how how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them they are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines early in the morning David left the flock in the care of a shepherd loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed he reached the camp of the army as the army was going out to its battle positions shouting the war cry Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their their lines facing each other David left his things with the keeper of the supplies ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were as he was talking with them Goliath the Philistine champion from Gath stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance and David heard it whenever the English the Israelites saw the man they all fled from him in great fear now the Israelites had been saying do you see how this man do you see how this man keeps coming out he comes out to defy Israel the king will give great wealth to the man who kills him he will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel David asked the men standing near him what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes him and removes this disgrace from Israel who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God they repeated to him what they had been saying and told him this is what will be done for the man who kills him when Eliab David's eldest brother heard him speaking with the men he burned with anger at him and asked why have you come down here and with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is you come down here you came down he- down only towards the battle now what have I done said David can't I even speak he then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter and the man answered him as before what David said was overheard and reported to Saul and Saul sent for him David said to Saul let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine your servant will go and fight him Saul replied you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him you're only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth but David said to Saul your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock I went after it struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth when it turned on me I seized it by its hair struck it and killed it your servant has killed both the lion and the bear this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine 
Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in this, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five small stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses. of the Philistines army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel for those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord says for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands as the Philistine moved closer to attack David David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and his, he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. <coughs> Excuse me. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead was strewn along the Shariam Shariam road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, Whose son is that young man? Abner replied, As surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. The king said, Find out whose son this young man is. 
As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I'm the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. Yep, so that's the chapter. And we have just encountered David in action. Now we always knew that David, or rather we knew from, we learned from the last chapter that he was a shepherd and most of us have probably heard about it in church, preached about how David was a shepherd. And David was a shepherd before he was ever a warrior and before he was king. But in his shepherding, he fought off bears and lions and he describes that to Saul in the chapter and when he was fighting the bears and the lions he managed to translate the victory he had as he's presenting his case to Saul he says just like the Lord rescued me from the bear and the lion the same God will rescue me from the hand of the Philistines there's a term for that in HR it's like you are able to see the transferable skills that you have and David has no doubt that it is God who rescued him from the lion and from the bear and he says in verse 34 when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock I went after it struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth look at that we see David here able to equate the lion and the and the bear to this Philistine this uncircumcised Philistine who dares to defy he says to disgrace and defy the armies of the living God look at the level of honor that he gave the Israelite armies this is David was a true patriot and he believed in God and he believed that the armies were not just armies of Israel but he says the armies of the living God his interpretation of the physical army was that it belonged to God and the Philistine daring to challenge that army well they needed to be taught a lesson and um, he says the Lord who rescued me from the power of the land and the power of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine it's funny he doesn't say will help me to fight no it's a rescue rescue in the mind of David meant utterly destroying the attacker it wasn't just oh I got away thank God no it was annihilation of the enemy that was a rescue it was a complete job that included killing the opponent as we see that David's battle plan wasn't let's try and strike the enemy and then run away in front of him and hope he doesn't chase us 
he was there to completely destroy, kill, annihilate and the enemy. That was his understanding and the Lord was going to help him do it. So he had the backing of God and experience from the wilderness taking care of the sheep. And so with that kind of mindset, he approaches the battlefield. And he goes there, sent on an errand by his own father, to do what? To check on his brothers. His daddy didn't send him out to fight. He sent him out to take care, as a good youngest son should do, take care of his oldest brothers. That was the convention. And it was expected that Jesse would want to know what was happening. His three sons were in the military, so it is no surprise that he wants to know how they're doing. There are three of them, and they're his eldest. So, in this time, David is sent to find out and to send. And he also sends. We see that Jesse is very liberal with gifts. He wants to make the gift make way for him. And um, we saw that in chapter uh, 16 when he sent David on with a gift to Saul but also in this time we realize that chapter 6 17 which is what we're currently on is sort of ahead of the last bit of chapter 16 where we see David entering into the service of Saul because it's not likely or is it that Saul already knew David or maybe he used to play the harp before and then forgot about it. Well, anyway, Jesse sent on gifts even to the commanders of the army. He sent gifts. He was a generous man. And he made those gifts make way for him. For the favor that he got, which was information in this case. And he made a name for himself and his sons. He wanted the commanders to also treat his sons well. And what a better way than to send a gift with the youngest son. But this youngest son was not just a messenger. On this appointed day, he was going to do more than just deliver the goods. And we see where his focus was. Because when David comes into the scene, he leaves his stuff over with the, with the caretaker. What is the name of this guy? He left the flock in the care of the shepherd. Now that's the first thing we see that David wasn't irresponsible. He made sure that whatever he was supposed to have been doing that day got done while he got, uh, you know, to check on his brothers in the camp, in the battlefield. And then he loads out. He loads up and sent um, and sent out as Jesse had directed. That's in verse 20. He reached the camp of the army. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. David left the things with the keeper of the supplies. With the keeper of the supplies, he didn't dump them somewhere. He was careful to leave them with the keeper of the supplies. Ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. Now, as he's talking with him, Goliath, the Philistine champion, from Gath and we read the attributes of this man he was huge his armor alone was 58 kilograms and just one little component of his spear was 7 kilograms 
at the tip of it. And he had this Philistine shouting his usual defiance. And whenever the Israelites saw the man, saw him, they all fled from him in great fear. They looked at his stature, and that alone intimidated them. Now the Israelites had been saying that this man who destroys Goliath, the king will give great wealth to the man and will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes. And for some reason, David was really curious about that. He kept asking them, what will be done? In verse 26, what will be done for the man who kills it? And of course, it was the same thing. The great wealth, the um, he'll be given the daughter in marriage and will be exempt from taxes. Now, this Pax may have seemed really attractive to David because he asks twice what will be done, what is the reward, and it seemed like a worthy reward to him. And Eliab overhears him asking, and Eliab is the firstborn, he is the commander, he's the one who's in charge of his brothers, he's the eldest, and he asks, what have you come here to do? Who have you left the little, uh, the few sheep? with and and he tells him something interesting which probably says something about david he says i know how consighted you are and how wicked your heart is really you came down only to watch the battle but of course david had no intention to just watch the battle he came for action and you can see that by how he portrays himself and how he carries himself he wasn't wicked of heart either because we see how he addresses Saul when he comes before Saul he tells him let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine your servant will go and fight him and that's a valiant man a man who is going to honor his word a man of his word because he goes straight ahead to do that. So Eliab in his jealousy or whatever it was that intimidated him about David really, we're we're not told, but it seems that they had a very strange relationship here. And they, at that moment of crisis and pressure, he was losing his mind and I guess something ticked him off. Anything could tick anybody off during war and seeing his little brother asking questions among the camp and all. I don't know, maybe it sparked something in him that wanted to just get him out of there because he was uh, probably thinking this is serious business and this little boy uh, you know he was the youngest so maybe they saw him as just a shepherd but David knew what he had overcome and he borrowed from this experience and borrowing from verse 30 he said It says, he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And when the men answered him as before, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul. So he wanted to know what the reward was. And he also had a mindset that is introduced to us in verse 26. He said to the man standing near him, what will be done to the man who kills this Philistine? and removes this disgrace from Israel 
is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? And that was reported to Saul. And he asked for David. And David came in front of him and he said, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And of course, when the lion and the bear came, the Lord rescued him. And that same God, the Lord who rescued me from, from the power of the lion and the power of the bear, will rescue me. And so Saul gave him the arm and said, Okay, go ahead, try your luck, because here it goes. And after fastening the things on the armor and all, he couldn't use them. And he was honest enough to say, I cannot go in this because I am not used to them. He was honest about it. He didn't try to go to battle with things he wasn't used to wearing because he was bent on victory and he didn't want anything to hinder him. He had already fixed his eye on destroying Goliath or Goliath. And he said that to to the king. He said, I, your servant, will go and fight him. And he's going to go fight him to destroy him. So, meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield uh, bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and he saw that he was just a boy. Of course, he's wondering, how dare these people match me up with a boy? was coming in front of me with a sling a sling and he said come here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and David says oh you come against me with a sword and a spear and javelin but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty the God of the armies of Israel who you have defied now according to David this Philistine had no respect for not just the army or his or its leader, but to the he had disrespected the Lord Himself. He had no respect to the Lord Almighty. And we see what the Philistine kept saying, Goliath, that is. For forty days he came forward, saying, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. He kept saying that for 40 days and none of them had the guts to go ahead in front of the Philistines and fight Goliath. They were all petrified. And if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and servers. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. Hmm. So David fights Goliath. And we know that he did it with a sling and no armor. And even before Goliath could pick up him, his his um, bearings, he had already gone ahead and uttered these words. First of all, affirming that the Lord was gonna defeat the Philistine. Why? Because Goliath was defying God Himself. I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, David says. This day, in verse 46, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. That's what he tells the Philistine. I will cut off your head. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down 
and cut off your head. And I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Look at that. He knows the effect that will have on the whole world. David wasn't playing small. His league was not just his family and the sheep. He wanted the whole world to know that there is a God, that there was a God in Israel. Are you so zealous? Are you zealous about the world knowing that there is a God? Look at that. David had set his sights on a high, a very high goal that even his family didn't know about. That the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered will hear, hear, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Not by might and not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. It is by... It wasn't by spear or sword. Remember he tells the, the Philistine Goliath, you come to me with the sword he had you know we place so much value in these things the, the the ammunition and the weapons and the machinery and the, and that's exactly what david is saying you have come to me with your sword and your javelin and your things but what makes those things work it is the lord who saves using those things but the spear is only a spear in the, in the hand of a man who trusts in the Lord. And he says, it is the Lord that saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into, your hand, into my hands. And that is into our hands, the Israelites' hands. So as the Philistine moved closer to attack David, David reaches into his bag running quickly towards the battle line to meet him and all this while he's taking a stone out of his uh, bag he slings it while running and struck the philistine on the forehead the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground so david triumphed over the philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand he struck down the philistine and killed him he changed tactic. He knew he didn't have to use a sword. He had never used a sword, probably. And now he was using a sling the same way he knew how to use it on this occasion, regardless of what was conventional and what was expected. David ran and stood over him, and he took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. Note that David fell he felled that that philistine with the sling and then now here he draws the philistine sword from the sheath after he killed him so he used the sword to kill him he cut off his head with a sword when the philistines saw that they hero was dead they turned and ran of course the effect was our man our hero has gone so we are doomed he's dead 
and the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead was strewn along Sharaim and to Gath and to Ekron. From Gath road uh, on, along the Sharaim road to Gath and Ekron all along the road. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered it. And David took the Philistines' head, brought it to Jerusalem. And now Saul is interested. He is, he is intrigued. His curiosity has been triggered and he's wondering, who is this? And Abner has no idea who the boy is or who the man is or the young man is. And Abner replies, as, as surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know who this is. And David and the king said, find out whose son it is and Abner instead of finding out just brings David over to Saul and tells him um, and 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 Saul asks young man whose son are you and Saul answered and David answered I'm the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem and so Saul gets to see what David is about in action but also gets to finally meet him as a warrior, as the champion of his armies, as a champion who saves the armies of the Lord. Now, the armies themselves didn't seem to remember that uh, they belonged to the Lord. The soldiers did not seem to remember, even Saul himself did not seem to remember that his army belonged to the Lord. It's only David who seems to remember that and to call the armies of Israel the Lord's army because he recognized that the army was led by the Lord. So even the members of the army themselves forgot all about God leading them in battle. So David because of who he trusted in and because he has worked a skill of the battle of winning the battle with with bears and lions and he has honed this army tactics battle tactics and he has mastered strategy he knows how to approach each scenario differently. He knows what works for this, what doesn't work. But he also recognizes that it is the Lord who gives him the wisdom for know-how. And because it's the Lord's armies, he will defeat the, uh, the enemy and he will defend and rescue his soldier who stands out in faith. So it wasn't really about David's strength. It was about God backing him up every step of the way. So he, in the end, wins the battle for Saul and his, his men. And Saul wants to meet him. And all along, he had been sent as a messenger to deliver some supplies and find out how his brothers were doing. Change of mission. Could you be in the middle of being repurposed? Whatever they thought they sent you out for possibly isn't what you're there for. Could you imagine that God has a bigger plan for what you think 
is a small role and your day of standing out as the winner, as the warrior, as the savior is coming because you trust in the Lord. Yeah, because you trust in the Lord. And then now the kings will want to know you. Who are you? Tell them that you are the son or the daughter of the living God who still lives today. And when the battle is hot, bring in, invoke the name of the Lord because you have relationship, because he's your father anyway. It is the Lord who gives victory. Victory belongs to the Lord and the battle belongs to him. So he will fight it for you. But he'll also give you the wisdom, he will give you the courage, he will give you the ideas, and he's been preparing you, perhaps all this time, for just a day like this, as we see for David. Just this one day changed the course of his life forever and ushered him once again into the courts of his future palace. And into his divine mandate. Maybe it takes just one war, one crisis like this, one occasion that opens the door of opportunity for you. Are you ready? Are you ready for your opportunity? So we continue next with chapter 18. See you soon.